the college football experience, AAC and conference USA conference previews for 2022 on the sports gambling podcast networks presented by WinBet. bet a hundred dollars at WinBet and get a hundred dollar free bet. Head over to sports gambling That's sports gambling slash win bet. That's W Y N N B E T to claim your free bet today. This is Jim Mora and you're listening to S G P N let her ride. My name is Colby Swinging Database Dan, aka Pick Don D. That's not a pick, this is a pick. He was raised in the land down under, where a man thinks on his feet, speaks with his fists, and lives by his wits. When Dundee happened, he was a superstar. I smoke and I drink, and um, I don't have stress, and I'm healthy. Oh, 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 oh. oh man, we are just so close to the season beginning. I love talking AAC. I love talking CUSA, and I love college football. The format is this, people. Today you get this episode, right? We get tomorrow. You're getting the Big Ten and the SEC, and then next week you will be getting our locks episode where we give out our best locks. We hit at 71% on our win totals. And not only on our locks episode, we'll be giving away all of our best plays for win totals on the season. We will also be giving away week zero ATS <laughs> games. Definitely. Games are we, finally here. Uh, I am joined. Uh, don't What's forget that? also next week. You'll also have the first college football DFS pod. That's true. Just got, we're full on. We're full on. And also, we're in the middle of breaking down college. We're still going down through all 31, college, uh, 131 college football teams. So make sure you subscribe to the college football experience. Subscribe on YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash the college experience. But also, we're breaking down college basketball, too. Holy shit. Can, is there any more stuff you can pile on the plate? Look, I like, <laughs> I like working. And this is part of the fun. I am joined by my co-host. Look, we call him the Sunbelt Funbelt God, but he's also the DFS God. He just alluded to it. Listen to our DFS college football show every week. Uh, give it up for the rooftop IPA drinking, home brew making, tobacco road living, the free lock giving, former. Former Herndon Basketball League MVP, give it up for NC Nick in the place to be. There we go. What's going on, man? The chat is already live. Hank the Tank Eleven, what's up, man? There we go. Hank the Tank, love the name, love the name, and love college football. We are excited to talk all this stuff for you. Look, we're gonna get into AAC. That conference race, I think, is a bundle of fun this year. The last American Athletic Conference year as we know it. Yes, yes. Uh, then we're going to get into some of the teams that will be in the American. We're going to talk conference USA and that race. We're going to talk all those things. But first we have a lot of news that's been going on in the college football world. And uh, it's probably a lot more than you bar than I bargained for. I can tell you that, but let's just hop into it. Uh, I mean, first off today, Mike Zimmer, Mike Zimmer hired by Deion Sanders at Jackson <laughs> state as an analyst. I mean, we 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 think Jackson State's going to go undefeated within the uh, the SWAC and the FCS ranks, um, even though they they still don't they, they would play for the Celebration Bowl and not the FCS playoffs. Even though I think they should do both. Come on, folks, what do you make of that hire? What's the tie-in there? Did Dion play for Zimmer in Dallas? Yeah, I think so. I think I so. Think so yeah. Right. Uh, look, I mean, the guy has been around football for forever, so he's a wealth of knowledge. Why not? He's got that Add sweet. Add him on to the staff. He's got that sweet ass eye patch. 
You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that looks pretty badass as well. That's what I'm saying. So, uh, <laughs> hey, it, it can't hurt for sure. Mike Leach should hire him. He's in the Pirates. Come on. Uh, <laughs> uh, I thought that was noteworthy. How about this? San Diego State, the Snapper, brand new stadium, NC Nick. The Snapper announces that they will have Aztecs official craft beer going on this year, uh, starting with the launch of the Aztec Ale, a collaboration beer. Uh, with the SDSU and the and the brewery for state ale, uh, I love it. Can we get an NIL deal? Is that can <laughs> can they? I mean, do they have to be twenty one? I don't know how that works, but come I on. I will say that NC State had their first their beer Tuffy, I think it's called, you know, uh, a couple of years ago. So not the first college I've seen do this, but uh, I like it. Why not tie a local brewery in with the local college, make a beer. Yeah, make a beer. Let's do it. Also, San Diego State uh, did lose uh, wide receiver TJ Sullivan towards ACL. He's out for the year. He only had a couple catches, I think, last year, but was projected to get a bigger role this year. He's out for the year. We have a lot of injury news, guys. Um, Seems like more than usual. Yes, and 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 uh, let me just get into it. Clemson defensive end Xavier Thomas, who first team All ACC, and you could make the case first team. You know, one of the best defensive ends in all of college football. He's out six to seven weeks. Uh, had foot surgery. I know it's the one of the more talented, if not the most talented, defensive line in all of college football. But you know, this takes a little bit of hit at their depth. This guy was really good. He's really good. I mean, the only thing is Clemson's schedule. I mean, I'll get to the other one too. Clemson wide receiver Tony Stiletto only had a few grabs as a freshman a year ago, but he was supposed to be a little bit more of the the uh the picture as well on offense this year. He's out for the year uh with with a with a leg injury, I believe. And uh so two guys gone for Clemson now. Xavier Thomas, if he's back like first six or seven weeks, you gotta remember, like they play like the first week they get Georgia Tech and that stupid stupid uh Mercedes Benz game. Um I the, believe NC State again again we're talking NC State, but I believe that's in the first half of the year. I too, think right? so. And I th- and I think yeah. Wake might be Wake's- too but Wake's yeah, got well, Hartman uh, out, so right, exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, their Wake's over under went from eight and a half. Their their team total went from eight and a half to six and a half. I mean, it, it makes sense. Lock know, it up. Lock up the over. Clawson's I offense think, is going to roll. I think it's a bit of of an overreaction, personally. Like, yeah, obviously you dip down, maybe a, a full game, maybe a game and a half, but two full games. I think Wake can still get to seven wins with the backup. I mean, granted, I've never seen his backup play. He hasn't gotten much PT at all, so it's a gamble. But uh, usually, Clawson and Wake they got some guys waiting in the wings, so it'll, it'll be interesting. Oh, I, I, I like. I, don't be surprised next week when we have our locks pod if really? uh, if that one gets called out. I feel pretty good about that. Mm. Um, uh, other news, injury news, ACC related. North Carolina starting projected starting running back British Brooks. Well. He's out for the year. And so that's a damn shame too. Look, everybody knows I'm no Tar Heel guy, but that guy has waited his turn. He finally got it after the last what three Tar Heel running backs are now in the NFL. This was his time to shine. So you, you hate to see it for the kid. Uh definitely. And he was like he, he had like eight yards of rush or something, nine yeah. yards of rush last year. Uh so DJ Jones and George Petway and Elijah Green will have to pick up the slack. Also, North Carolina wide receiver Antoine Green, they're this is their second leading receiver last year. Uh, he's out six to ten weeks. So, give me, I'll tell you this, buddy. <clears throat> give me App State Week One. Uh, <laughs> taking, I was on App, you know. Regardless, I was on App too, two weeks yeah. ago, two months ago. Uh, yeah, definitely on him now. Those are two big blows. And we continue with the ACC here. Running back f- uh, for Florida State, who was scout. He was a, fr- uh, I believe, a freshman last year. Scout team player of the year. Uh, C.J. Campbell. They redshirted him. Uh, Florida State running back. Now he was going to be in the mix with three or four different running backs. He's out yeah. for the year, but the, but this next one, offense starting center Caden Lyles out for the year. That and and t- let me tell you something. Florida State's had problems on the offensive line yeah. over the past couple of years, and that so is gigantic. Close to the season starting, I mean, your center he's the leader of your offensive line usually. So yeah, maybe they got some other guys that can fill in there, but that's tough. So close to the start of the year. Yeah, uh, and they play week zero too. So I mean, right. I know they play Duquesne, but hey, Duquesne beat an FBS last year. What's up, Ohio Bobcats? Uh, staying in the state of Florida, 
South Florida running back Kelly Joyner, who's projected to be the starter, second leading rusher from a year ago. He's out six weeks, and now Jaron Mangum, the uh, the the Colorado transfer, it seems like will start. But they 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 have a lot of news coming out of out of uh, Tampa because also uh, Jeff Scott named Baylor transfer Jerry Bohannon starting quarterback against BYU, and then instantly the freshman from a season ago that many had raved about, Timmy McLean. Yeah, started nine games last year. He transfers out, which is crazy. <laughs> I mean, that th- this is what's crazy about college football now is you have this transfer strategy. Like by naming him, you almost think, it, I it, like for this year, I got it. Jeff Scott's in a critical year. He could get yeah. fired if he doesn't win. Bohannon's a, a senior, but McLean was a freshman that showed some promise. He did. But now, because you had to go Bohannon, because you got to win this year, uh, you wonder because I think Bohannon's going to be gone next year. So then you might you might jeopardize the long term for the yeah, sake of the short yeah. term. Yeah, and and everyone's afraid to name starting quarterbacks. It's just fucking crazy college football. I know that. that I, and we we just saw the um, LSU guy Miles Brennan retire, quit football because he wasn't named starter. Look, we don't know the individual, you know, and what they're going through or or their circumstances. All I know is that it's become way, far too common that if you don't win the job, you quit or you transfer. It's like, and dude, it's a long year. I mean, look at Sam Hartman. It's a perfect example. We were just talking about. It. He's a guy that lost the starting gig, but what did he do? You know, he waited his time. He he got he improved. And, yeah. and then he got the starting job back, and and now he's a Heisman candidate before the injury. Unfortunately, I'm, so, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna date myself, but as a Colorado Buffalo fan in the year 2002, which they went to the Fiesta Bowl, they started they got upset by David Carr, and uh, and Fresno State week one, right? They got upset, and in a game where their starting quarterback, who was a highly touted freshman, they were calling him the next Steve Young, which is ridiculous. But Craig Oaks got knocked out of the game. Yeah. And they didn't know who to start. They were kind of, and then they end up finding, uh, they end, end up going with Bobby Pesavento, who ends up, ends up being a better quarterback than than Oaks in the long run. And they go with with Pesavento. They go ten and two. Go to the Fiesta Bowl. You know, like beat the number one team in the nation, win the Big Twelve championship. All you have no idea that if that could have been you, Miles Brennan. You know, and the, back, and, the backup is one hit away from from coming into the game and starting the rest of the year. Yeah. Uh, and and I know he cashed in on like five NIL deals and which which is hilarious because they can't he can't you don't give the money back. It's not <laughs> right, based on right. performance. So he gets the money. But dude, what are you doing? I mean, look, I get it. Brian Kelly lobbied for him to come back and I get it. You know, apparently he was third on the depth chart behind uh, uh Nussemeyer and and Jaden Daniels, but still still at least transfer like right now he could find a home. Quarterbacks, people want quarterbacks, all right? Like that's why McLean uh might end up somewhere even before the season starts. Um another one. Jared Jared Dogecoin, Jared Deggy, West Virginia transfer. So he's had quite the career because he started at Bowling, Bowling Green. He was a starting quarterback right. and I think he might be the active leader for college quarterbacks passing yardage wise. He went to West Virginia. He's been at West Virginia the past two years. Last year, he threw for over three thousand yards, nineteen touchdowns in Morgantown. He transfers to Western Kentucky uh, this off season. He's projected to start there, and then loses the starting job to a West Florida transfer in, in Austin Reed. Wow, I didn't hear about that. Yeah, interesting. And, and now he hits the portal again. <laughs> so, so like, like uh, if your team is suffering from not having, like, let's say, uh, I mean, here's a perfect example. As I continue to rattle this off, like New Mexico State, they had a quarterback competition going on between a JUCO and then Dino Maldonado. Dino Maldonado is out for the year. So now, not only do you, 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 okay, well, you have another guy that you can start, but hey, why don't we go get some depth and go land one of these guys? You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, but depth. I mean, these guys want to start. They want to play, you know. If not, they wouldn't be transferring. So it's going to be interesting. At this point, what two weeks before the season? I think every team has has settled on on a quarterback. You can't really bring one in now to be the starter. So yeah. this, so, so so late in the process, I don't understand why these guys are are transferring. Personally, I would stick it out and and you know see if you know due to an injury or due to poor play, maybe you get another chance. But with that said, we don't know all their circumstances and you know what? They are free to do this. So I guess 
more power to him, I suppose. And I thought Joe Burrow was a late, like Ohio State announced that he wasn't starting and he transferred to LSU really late and then he went on to win 10. I mean, he won the national was championship. It, this, it wasn't this late. It, wasn't it was like, August. It was August. I can tell it? you that. Yeah. Really? Because because he thought he might start. And th- so they, they announced that he was not going to start. He transferred and it was up yeah. b- between Cincinnati and LSU. Uh, but mm. it wasn't the year they won the Natty. It was the next year that they won the Natty. He still played good though. It, uh, gotcha. with, with that, with that year, other injuries going on the Texas Longhorns brutal. First off, Texas wide receiver, AG hall for the Alabama transfer. He was arrested. So he's suspended indefinitely, but also Texas. That, Long- might, that might not mean anything. Yeah. Pretty sure. Pretty sure. <laughs> we saw still- what happened to uh, yeah. Anita Smith on a and M. But also Isaiah Nair, they're one of their key transfers from Wyoming. This guy was a baller towards ACL. He's out for the year. And then their most yeah. This one is critical because the the positions where obviously the Texas defense wasn't great last year, um, but the offensive line we had a lot of question marks. Well, their their most experienced guard who played both sides of the line of scrimmage last year, uh, number one senior for starts, and they don't have a lot of depth. They're going from a fr- not, he's out for the year, and now a freshman is going to be filling his uh, mm-hmm. his shoes. That's by the way, Junior Angula is out for the year. Um, with the under guys. Yeah. Ride that under other, other injuries, Ohio state running back, Evan Pryor out for the year. He only rushed for a hundred yards last year. Uh, Washington state lost a guard, Roderick Televea that was competing for the starting job. And this is an interesting one here. Iowa's wide receiver. Jackson Ritter is out for the year. And also Iowa wide receiver. Deontay vines is out for the first half of the season. I mentioned that because those two injuries at the wideout spot, you got to remember Tyrone Tracy, Transferred to Purdue, their other wide receiver. Yeah, Charlie Jones, their other wideout, transferred to Purdue. They're they're gonna look for those three tight end sets. I'll just say they, that. They, with they the might Iowa just Hawkeyes. they might just run the ball every down, <laughs> and they will still win ten games. Happy. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, when, when Spencer Petras is your quarterback, it might not be a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Also, Nebraska offensive lineman. Uh, how do I pronounce this guy's name? Narendan Noli is is a starter from a year ago. He's out for the year. Um, well, uh, Notre Dame, Notre Dame got hit pretty hard here too. Uh, Avery Davis, their starting wide receiver, tore his ACL. He's out for the season. That, that hurts. Uh, and also uh, their second string tight end, Mitchell Evans, who caught some balls last year. He's out indefinitely with a foot problem. And they they have another receiver that's out for week one at least that caught a few balls last year, Joe Wilkins. So the wide receiver was coming in super thin. Yeah, that was a question mark to yeah. begin with, and then losing Avery Davis. That's that's that sucks. And a little bit of their depth with Wilkins and, and sure. Evans. Uh, they did name Tyler Tyler Buckner their starting quarterback. Um, I also got a key. Man, there's a lot of fucking news going on here. Northern Illinois wide receiver Trayvon Rudolph. He was responsible for over 1400 yards a season ago. All max second team. He's out for the year. Um, USC projected starting tight end. Jude Wolf will miss the first half of the season. And also, and this one's critical. I think defensive end Corey Foreman will miss the first uh, month of the season. They don't have a lot of depth on the defensive line. So that's why that's key. Um, Few others. Purdue tight end Garrett Miller out for the season. Uh, He's the backup, but he does get us. He had over 19. He had 19 catches a season ago. Um, I think an Arizona State lost a tight end for the year in, in Jacob Newell. I think that's all on that front from an injury standpoint, but also SMU named Tanner Mordecai starting quarterback over Preston Stone. That was apparently a close race. Uh old and also old Dominion offensive coordinator Dave Potnod resigns. You never like to see that either. Yeah. Obviously, him and the head coach didn't get along. There was a riff. Something happened. You just never, it's not a good look so close to the start of the season. And I was high on that Monarch offense and their potential. Now it's more of a question mark. Uh, And if you were thinking of betting the over, which was, I think at four and a half, I think you have to be concerned now. Yeah, I certainly I'm on the, I was on the under originally, you know, sharp, sharp handicapper that I am. All right. Well, look, that's all the news. Shit. That's a lot of news. Hopefully by tomorrow when we record the big 10 and SEC one, I won't have as much news. All right. Um, but let's hop into this now. But before we hop into it, I want to tell you that the college football experience, AAC and conference USA season preview episodes 
Brought to you by WinBet. Bet hundred dollars at WinBet and get a hundred dollar free bet. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. We're also brought to you by Odds Trader. Yes, Odds Trader is a place to compare odds from all the major sports books. Uh, you can also compare the different sign-up codes and promo codes from sportsbook to sportsbook to assure that you get yourself the best deal possible. The app also provides player statistics, key game stats, injury reports, projected game day weather for betters who make the most informed bets possible. It also has a bet tracker so betters can keep records of all your games, your betting activity, all that good stuff. So go to oddstrader.com/bluewire. Oddstrader, the number one site for all your game day bets. All right, here we go with the A. A C buddy. All right. Look, where's, where's let's get something going here. Let's first I'll, I'll play. It's easy to see a tide turn. Uh, this is the AAC UCF won a national championship a couple years ago. Cincinnati was knocking on the door last year. You saw how many players got drafted. What? Nine players. SMU, the pony express NIL deal. Look, they're not leaving for the big 12 yet or the pac 12 yet. They're gonna be there, and they might be dominating this league with that NIL deal they got going. The Houston Cougars were not far last year. The East Carolina Pirates are on the rise. Gus Malzahn's got UCF going, and maybe Jeff Scott's got South Florida going. Navy, Navy's due, due to bounce back. They got the midshipmen. All right, Temple's got a new coach. There's new life. Tulane, Michael Pratt. I mean, there's a lot of optimism around that program. The Golden Hurricane. All right, they, they're always a thorn in the side of teams. All right, this is a fun conference. It's a deep conference. Uh, let's hop into it. Let's hop into it and see. Honestly, how many teams do you think could possibly win the American this year? I think it's a pretty short list. I think there's about five teams that can play for the championship, which is different than win it. No, it's. I'd it, say there's probably three teams that could win it. I have four, five. I think five teams could make it. I do. I do. You think so? Yeah. I think this is one of your chalkier conferences, personally. I think it's really a three team race. Uh, but let's get it. How do you want to do this? Well, I'm going to read off the odds. Uh, the favorite to win the AAC is the Cincinnati Bearcats at plus 190. Houston is in second place at plus 250. UCF, the very Golden Knights. At plus three twenty, then it goes to the SMU Mustangs plus a thousand. I was surprised to see this next one, Memphis at plus twelve uh, twelve hundred. Yeah. Uh, then ECU plus two thousand. Hello, sprinkle some. Uh, Tulsa <laughs> at plus three thousand. Tulane at plus forty five hundred. South Florida at plus fifty five hundred. Navy at plus eight thousand, and Temple at plus twenty thousand. So, uh, two hundred to one there for the Owls. Uh, I was shocked by the Memphis thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was shocked that the Memphis's team totals at seven and a half as well. Uh, I'm not very high on them. They went six and six last year. Uh, returning starter seven on offense, only six on defense. The defense was not good a season ago. They finished in the conference what eighth in pass defense, ninth in rush defense. Yeah, I think you like Seth Hennigan at quarterback. I think he, you know, he proved himself. He's decent, but uh, the also, I mean, what they dodged Cincinnati. That's one big thing. No Cincinnati on the schedule, but they still get the two other best teams, Houston and UCF. And then like, if you want to, and then they, they, they play ECU and SMU also, those are probably the other two teams you mentioned that could potentially get the five teams that could make I mean, ECU, the American ECU beat them last year in, in the Liberty bowl. I don't think they're going to win in, in Greenville. I don't um, think so either. And then that's, that's part of a uh, back-to-back two uh, uh, away games. And the, the second half of that is at Tulane. And I think Tulane will be much improved this year. So they have a really tough stretch mid season where it's Houston, ECU, Tulane, UCF. I wouldn't be surprised if they lose all four of those. So the five teams that I think could possibly win it, and and maybe you could talk me into a, a sleeper, but I do think this year's more up for grabs than most years. And, and that's, that's why I do think there's just because Cincinnati isn't as dominant. Yes. And I also think UCF still has its questions with miles on, you know, and, and uh, I do think Houston was a little bit of fool's gold last year. They had an un- like, I look, I locked up Houston on the under last year. I'm sorry on the over last year. And I know I think you, you actually gave me shit about it, 
but I was uh, on the under, I was dead wrong about them last year, but, but it's their schedule was very easy last year. They avoided everyone that was good and they should have lost to East Carolina. East Carolina fumbled right before the game uh, went to overtime to give them life. Um, you look at the schedule from a season ago. I don't see, you know, I know that defense played at a high level, but I could also make the case that they didn't have a lot of meat on that bone. Uh, yes. A, a seven point home win to SMU and an overtime win against ECU at home, but on the road, they didn't play anyone good. If anything, they gave up 42 to South Florida. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I just don't, I, I think they might be a tiny bit of, I still think they're going to be good, but I just well, think, and also, I mean, their schedule last year might've been easy. Well, this year they, they, they catch a huge break and they don't play Cincinnati or UCF. Yeah. But they're I the think the only one of the top three that plays neither, which but, is big, but look, you, you look at a season ago um, and you look at their road schedule a season ago was at Tulsa at Tulane at South Florida at temple. And at UConn, which was at a conference, even at Rice, at a conference, like that, those were easy road games, all of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tulsa was probably the hardest one. Well, this year, I think it's a little bit different. I I think when you pull up this year's schedule, you'll say, hey, you know, these road games they have are a little tougher. Um, I know at a conference they're in Lubbock and UTSA at the Alamo Dome, the house that Terry Cummings built. Um, they could they could start off zero and three. Uh, sorry, yeah. Let's focus yeah. on the road games first. Go ahead. Well, look at UTSA at Texas Tech. Uh, I I would not be shocked if they went zero and two, but I I one and one I, I think is best case scenario there. I don't I think, think they're chances win are both. they they drop one and they win one. I agree. Uh, I mean Clayton Tune has been there for like eight years now, the quarterback. So yeah, they, they yeah. have that. Uh, at Memphis though, another road game, the Liberty Bowl. I mean, they only beat Memphis by a little bit last year. So I mean, sure. it, uh, then at Navy, and that's on Why? October twenty second. That might be cold. They also get a bye week before that game. True, but still, I mean that—that's big. You you love the bye week before the triple option team. It also breaks up those two road games. I think that helps a lot. I agree, but still, air raid if it's if it's cold or rainy or something, it's a brand new game there. Uh, Then they're at SMU, which I think is was a close game a season ago. Now they got to go to SMU. That's losable, right? And then obviously, Dowdy Ficklin. Um, Do I do I need to even mention? I think it's a much harder road schedule. And I, I, I think, I think that's why the the league is so open this year um, as opposed to other years. So I, I I wouldn't be surprised if they drop at least two games in the conference this year. And that's why I think we're both on the under their, their team total sitting at nine. Yeah. But I, I just missing or, you know, getting, not having to play Cincinnati or UCF is absolutely huge. True. So they, they catch a, a huge break there. I mean, Houston went eight and zero in the conference last year. They didn't. And they still yeah. have a lot of starters back. But that's because that road schedule. They played. They played. I mean, what were the combined records of those teams on the road? I think Tulsa was the only team that was. They they, yeah. they were six and six in the regular season. So I mean, they played zero winning teams on the road a season speaking, ago. Speaking of injuries, I mean, this happened in the spring, April or May or so. Their uh, their freshman running back last year, Alton McCaskill, really started coming on. He got hurt. I think he's out for the year and um, only two starters back on the offensive line. That's why I'm kind of off Houston. I was wrong on them last year too. I could be wrong again, uh, but you know, it, before the 11 and one season, I mean uh, it was, they were what four and eight and three and five in, yeah. uh, in, in the first two years there for Holgerson. So I don't know if last year was kind of everything, you know, broke for them, everything, the, the uh, stars aligned. But uh, I, I'm not on Houston to to go to the AAC final. I'm on the under. I still think they have a good season though. Yeah, no, and I think they'll be in the mix. I, that's why I, I actually am going to push back on you some. I think this conference race is actually pretty intriguing this year because I do think there's blood in the water with Cincinnati. They lost a t- they lost nine players to the NFL draft. All right, you cannot tell me that you're just going to be able. To, I I do think the culture is good there. I think Fickle they develop talent well, but at the same time, I just. I, I took the over on Cincinnati because I trust the program, but I mean, they won last year. They would have lost to Tulsa had Davis Brin not. I mean, I just feel like uh, some of those close games, Desmond Ritter was a four-year starter, man uh, yeah. at Tulsa this year. Well, first off out, out of conference, they're at Arkansas in the season opener, but I then, think that's a loss. 
Yeah, I, I think it's a game, but I think it's probably a loss. Yes. Uh but at Tulsa, I think that's that's a tough game. I think they could lose that game. Uh Tulsa has played them well over the past couple of years. At SMU and at UCF back to back weeks. That's rough. Yeah. Um, wouldn't shock me if if those became games. And then I, yeah, okay, at Temple, I think that'll be easy for them. But wouldn't shock me if they had a loss or two there. And then I think that gives life to everybody. You know, like so the thing I love about Cincinnati is that they lost. Yes. They lost a ton of, a ton of people, uh, but they, 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 especially on defense on offense, you know, they returned eight starters and all five offensive linemen are coming back. Our guy, Phil Steele says he thinks this is going to be the best offensive line fickle has ever had at Cincinnati. That can go a long way with a new quarterback and a new running back. And we know Alec Pierce is that the wide receivers on the Colts now. And also probably the best tight end duo in the nation with uh Weil and Taylor. So yeah, the defense is more of a question mark. I think, I think the offense is going to be okay. Uh, I, I'm assuming Ben Bryant gets the job at quarterback and uh, they're not going to drop off that far. You know, he has built up the program. It wasn't just one year. So I, I'd be shocked if they go under nine wins. I think this is worst case scenario, a nine and three squad. I'm and they're just, gonna be right there for that AAC championship. I'm just saying, you know, last year that Indiana game was closer than than the score was. Indiana actually played pretty close. I think they had a pick six late to make that look like a 14 point lead. They went through a stretch last year where it was kind of you know mid to late in the season where there's like two or three games in a row where I was like, I don't know about Cincy. Yeah, but the then Na- they were able to turn it back on. The Navy game, they lo- they only would beat Navy by seven, and then the Tulsa game, they won by eight, and even that. Yeah was crazy. Cause they added a few, like they, they almost lost that game. The rest yep. that they, they dominated uh, within the conference, but I do think there's a little blood in the water and I'm kind of bullish. Personally, I see the chat lighting up uh, shout Joe out to Hackney's Joe Hackney. What's happening, man says if, if Cincinnati was in the AC, the AAC, I believe the conference would truly be up in the air. Uh, I do think it's up in the air and I actually don't have Cincinnati as my favorite. Um, my favorite to, to win the conference and I'm uh, let me make sure I have the odds here is the team. They have in third place at plus three twenty. Uh, I think UCF is going to win the conference. And I love it. I love it at plus three twenty, man. I'm yeah. with you. And, and I love John rice Plumley in this offense. If you had a chance to watch this kid, I think it's a, a match made in heaven him with, with Gus Malzahn and the fact that they're hosting Cincinnati, the fact that they're, Huge. they're hosting SMU. Um, even hosting Navy because Navy beat them last year that now their road test, you know, within the conference are at ECU, which I actually think they will lose that game because it's the week before Cincinnati. I think it's a great, it's just a bad matchup. Like, like Greenville is going to be rocking for that one and they're going to be focused on Cincinnati. I think it's a great spot for ECU to catch them. Uh, but then they have at Memphis and at Tulane and at South Florida, South Florida is kind of an enigma to me. It's a rivalry game. They got they have a ton of starters back. Well, t- that's what I'm saying. South Florida has been great in the transfer portal. And Bohannon, last year they had they didn't have like McLean was a freshman. He struggled, but he also showed flashes. But I think his interception to touchdown ratio yeah. was terrible. Bohannon's gonna give him that depth that 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 they haven't had in a while of like uh, not depth, but the that that experienced starting quarterback that they haven't right. had in a while. Sorry, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about with depth, but uh <laughs> Uh, they travel to Tulane. I think Tulane. I know Joe was mentioning this in in the chat. You know, Tulane was kind of like Nebraska last year. They're two and ten, but they were in like every game. I think Tulane's going to be a lot better this year, and I think that's going to be a tougher road game, especially being the second of a back to back because they they play at Memphis the week before. Yeah, uh, but I tell you, I have the, the the very Golden Knights of UCF at six and zero. Oh coming to your Dowdy Ficklin on, on, on yeah, 10. that's what I'm two. saying. And I love that matchup. I love that matchup right? Because I think they're going to be thinking about the Cincinnati game. It's going to be a great spot to catch them. Um, but I'll be honest. I look at ECU schedule and I actually think we have a shot to, to get to, to get to the, you know, the, AC, the AAC championship. Now I, I, the only flat out loss I have is having is at Nippert, but even that we get a buy the, the game before. Um, I like the fact we play South Florida, especially like early, kind of early in the year. Yeah. And then uh, at Tulane, like I said, that's going to be a tricky one. We whooped Tulane last year, but Fritz and uh, 
and Houston go back. They've had some some crazy games, and then at Temple. Uh, so I think it gives us a decent shot to to actually be in the mix. Like, can you tell me? Let like if we're saying Houston's going to have two losses. Uh, potentially Cincinnati. We I have UCF beating Cincinnati in, in Orlando, right? Yep, I agree with that. So that's one loss at least for Cincinnati. Uh, and then I even think the Tulsa and the SMU game could be tricky. Um, I might what like I'll put it like this: the championship game. How many losses do you think both teams will have? Coming, I, I'd coming be, into the I'd be surprised game. if any team goes undefeated within the league this year. Now the thing ECU does not have going for them is that they play UCF, Cincinnati, and Houston, all three of them. True, and I think that's like the top tier. Granted, two of those games are at home at least, but I think they have a tougher uh, in-conference schedule than any of these guys. Uh, If if you say that if you say the top tier is UCF, Cincinnati, and Houston, and then a second tier maybe is ECU and SMU. Well, ECU has the hardest in-conference schedule of those five teams. At a conference is brutal too. I mean, if you're talking three home games, NC state, old dominion, Campbell, and at BYU, what's your record for those four games? Uh, three and one. Cause I got us beating NC state. I think maybe two and two. So uh, I know we're talking about a couple of different things here, but if you're talking about a team total, that's why theirs is a little bit lower at six and a half. I still think, I know you're on the over, you feel pretty good about it. I do. I'm going to lean yeah. in that direction, but this is not an easy schedule. ECU always schedules tough this year, no exception. Uh, and I think that's that's going to be their downfall as far as winning the AAC this year. I just think like someone, especially if we end up beating UCF, we could end up having that tiebreaker, and it could be tricky down the stretch. Like if you it, look, pull up UCF schedule, like I said, if they if they trip and fall to ECU and then one other team, and then all of a sudden someone's going to have that tie. I like the fact that we get Houston and UCF. In Greenville, because we could have the tiebreaker over them if it comes down to it. Now it helps that they're at home. Yeah, but well, the other thing too, your back-to-back road games at at South Florida at Tulane. Those two teams are the top two in the whole American in regards to returning starters. Those guys are very experienced. It wouldn't surprise me if ECU drops one of those games, and then you're starting to pile up a few L's, which is going to make it tough. Your fate, yeah. You you just look. All right, this is all I gotta say. You sandbagging son of a gun. All right, <laughs> because when you're in East Carolina, you go for it every time, or you don't coach at East Carolina, you don't come to East Carolina, you don't play at East Carolina with a weak heart. Write it. Uh. So besides that, um, the you know Tulsa's the true uh, Tulsa and Tulane are uh, th- this conference. The Temple's the really only shitty team to me. Yeah. South Florida, based on last year, was shitty, but I actually think talent-wise, they should be a lot better this year, right? I had a hard time forecasting. Nineteen South Florida. returning starters and a senior quarterback that's been in college for a long time. Who, you know, has they've had been success. recruiting well. Yeah. They've been bringing in people. I think a decent talent level is there. Uh, the question is, can Jeff Scott coach? Which we're definitely not sure of. Year one, COVID year one and eight, tough year for any you know brand new head coach. Last year two and ten. Uh, so far in the American, he is one and fourteen. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> big year for Jeff Scott. Uh, I'm I'm going under just because he has to prove it. Their their uh, team total sitting at four and a half. Uh, he has to, he has to prove it to me first. He hasn't shown much yet, but I do agree that they might upset a team or two. Uh, they might ruin a team's chances. One of those, you know, top guys, you know, trying to get to the uh, American uh, Championship. But I don't know. USF is is kind of hard to tell right now. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. I, this is why I find it intriguing too. Is like, dude, Philip Montgomery never gets any respect. He is a very good coach, in my opinion. He gets the maximum out of his teams, even when they lose. Like they lost to Oklahoma State. It was like a seven point game last year, or a four point game, something like that, in Stillwater. That they played Ohio State really chippy in Columbus. They played if Davis Brin wasn't a pussy and, and j- jumps into the end zone, they probably beat Cincinnati <laughs> at Cincinnati. Uh, they're a strange team, and I feel like every you know they've I think they've beaten UCF five straight times. They don't play UCF this year, so that's good for UCF. But um, they're a true team to me. Of like, th- they could beat anybody. 
Like they're kind of that team of like, it's really hard to, for- I had them going six and six. So I was right on the number. And at that's, six. What Tulsa does every, that's what Tulsa does yeah. every year. <laughs> well, that- so I'm not, I'm not worried about Tulsa as far as a, a team that's going to compete for the championship. I just think, I think they're going to be a solid team. That's going to be scratching and clawing for a bowl. Two years uh, ago, it, they played for the AAC championship. No one saw that true. shit coming. No one should. That's uh, true. I actually really believe that Philip Montgomery is one of the most underrated coaches in America. When, I think it's he, a hard place to win, but still, I mean, he does it. He did like uh, forecasting. Like when I, when I was going through their schedules, like, man, they're capable of beating anyone on their schedule. Like uh, uh, they really are They're capable of winning any of those AAC games. And, the, and you, I know every year, you factor in like, Hey, oh, they're going to lose to this game. We're going to lose. And they're going to beat some teams. You're not going to think uh, I went they under. Also don't on have, they also don't have much of a home field environment. Those stands are usually halfway empty. I don't know what else people have to do in Tulsa. Like go out and support your team, man. Cause you know, yeah, they, with the, with the, with the rowdy home field, that might give them, you know, one more well, win it's or the two smallest, more wins or smallest college in all the FBS. Yeah. So it's kind of like wake forest. Uh, Right. Uh, let's talk Tulane. I I really like on paper the roster. Uh, they went out and addressed the offensive line woes. I know they got hit hard with the their nose tackle going to Oklahoma, but I love the run game. They have like three good running backs in my opinion. The wide receivers they brought in I think will help too. Pratt another year going. I think they could be a, a, another team that surprise. I'm on the over with Tulane. I ended up going under on Tulsa. Because I thought it's more likely they go five and seven than seven and five. I agree. I, I did the same thing with Tulsa with Tulane. I mean, t- you want to talk about the hard schedule within the league? They don't get Temple or Navy, which mm. I think I think are the worst two. So they play the whole top five. They have at Houston, at Cincinnati, home to UCF, and then home also to ECU and SMU. That's brutal. And then their other road trips at Tulsa, at South Florida. Their schedule is brutal this year, but they do have 18 starters coming back, led by the quarterback Michael Pratt, of course, and four or five on the O line. I didn't. I wanted to take the over. I came into this thinking I was going to take the over on Tulane. Then I saw their schedule. Uh, even you know, uh, outside of the uh, conference, they have at Kansas State, which is tough, and Southern Miss, you know, is is, is tough as well. So. You think Tulane can get to seven and five? I had them going. So, so Tulane and Tulsa, I did their previews back to back and I was like, yeah. they're, they're both their win totals at six. I had both going six and six. I thought Vegas <laughs> was spot on, but I, but when I thought about it, I said, I think it's better. Uh, Tulane has a better chance of going seven and five, I think than five and seven. And I thought Tulsa has a better chance of going five and seven than seven and five. But I do think both those teams are capable of surprising us being better than what they think than what we think. Um, yeah, they have some variants, like maybe like a two game variance where they could, if they, if everything comes, goes right, they could be like eight and four. So I still you, don't think that's probably enough to compete for the uh, championship. Though. I mean, if Pratt takes the next step, he could be the best quarterback in the conference. I know people will say Mordecai or, or, or you know, I, I do think rice Plumley is going to be a problem, but uh, you got to throw in Holt Naylor's as well. Clayton tune. Uh, but uh, let's talk Navy because I do think you're underselling the midshipmen. When, 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 uh, when what's his name? Niamantololo will get uh, when he gets an experienced quarterback, which Lavatai will is, is now a, he started a decent amount of games there. They ended their season uh, with a win against army. And if you look last year, like I said, seven point game to uh, Cincinnati, he, he normally has more success when the quarterbacks are experienced. Lavatai is experienced. Who doesn't? Um, <laughs> Yeah, but but especially I th- think like some rushing stat like if the quarterbacks can run over, and and Lavatai was close to that last year, so you kind of project they beat UCF a season ago. Navy could they be bowling? I went over just because I think they're probably going to be better than what we think. I went over as well. I, I agree. I, I think you know it's it's Navy doesn't have like two or three down years in a row. It, you know they have to wait to they have a new crop of experienced players and then they produce and it doesn't even really matter who the players are. You know so. Uh, Navy is always a, a tough team to choose, but I think with a, a number as low as four and a half. Yeah, I definitely went over. They may not be the, I mentioned them and temple as the two worst teams. Well, those are probably the two worst teams last year, or at least they have the, the two lowest team totals. Yeah. Uh, I guess technically Navy and South Florida, both are, are, are sitting at four and a half. Uh, but yeah, I went over on Navy. I'm with you. 
Talk to me about Temple because I did the preview. I wasn't high on them. It was funny. I actually got some Temple fans, like four or five of them. There we uh, go. Reached out to me saying they thought I, my projection was really wrong, and they think that that uh, you know Drayton's the right guy for the gig. He's familiar with that area, and he brought in Quincy Patterson from North Dakota State, a quarterback, um, and, and him and Dewan Mathis. And Mathis was a high recruit at Georgia. I still just think. I didn't, I don't know Stan Drayton very well. So I, I don't know how he is from an X's and O's standpoint. So I'm like, I don't know. It seemed like a long shot to me. I, I went under on, on their, their win total there, but maybe just two and a half. Come on, man. I went over really. Cause I, I so I think they're going to lose the Duke in the opener. Their that other boss up game, but probably their other winnable games to me are Lafayette and UMass. I actually think UMass is going to beat them. I think UMass is a better team right now. Yeah, I mean those those first four games, they have Rutgers at home too. Dude, Rutgers. I think bo- Rutgers beat about like fifty last last year. So <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not saying they're going to beat Rutgers. Well, we know they're going to win one of those games, and maybe it's just Lafayette. But I think there's a chance they could win one more. And I think that that tr- that road trip to Temple is always tough for American teams because it's it's cold. It's the stands are empty. Nobody <laughs> yeah. wants to go there. <laughs> South Florida in early November yeah. definitely doesn't want to go Scott, there. That could be the game to get Scott fired. Yeah, um, definitely. So I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not betting. I'm not. I'm definitely not betting this. But I think Temple might surprise us and get to three. Uh, Joe Hackney says, "As a Philly native, I'm not surprised. <laughs> I'm not surprised you heard from Temple fans thinking they will be good. Philadelphia delusional or delusion is all that it is. Temple is garbage." Yeah, uh, dude, they they haven't been garbage. I mean, they had some good years not too long ago. I I realize Drayton is pretty much starting from complete scratch, but I I don't know. Call me crazy. I think they might be able to get to three wins. I'll say, and I said this on the Temple episode. To me, now that their NIL is going, cities that have uh, a large population, I do they think care. I understand, but I the, look, dude. If they when when Matt Rule had them winning like ten games, he actually had fans showing up there. It is a s- potential sleeping giant, man. It's like UNLV. UNLV, they don't care right now, but all it takes is a couple winning seasons, and and trust me, you could because it's it'll be a write off for the businesses too, man. Um, uh, Joe says if Nia Matololo has another dud of a year, is it time to move on now? Cause even last year, last year he hit on the over and I beat think army. They, they were very Yeah. He beat army, which uh, job security is probably still very high. Uh, <laughs> I mean, dude, they've had some great years with him. He almost, he turned down the Arizona or he, yeah, I don't know if he turned it down or just didn't take it uh, or they, they changed their opinion, I think. Um, but still, I think they know he's a damn good football coach. I think he's safe for yeah. a couple more years. And, and Navy and army aren't, aren't like a, a normal college where they might move on quicker. I, I think they they stick with him. I, I think his job is uh, pretty damn secure. Yeah. Uh, so, what's the what's the lock? Like looking at those win totals, I'm in love with UCF over eight and a half. I actually think that is going to be on next week's episode for me. You know, I'm gonna, they're going to be on mine too. Uh, today, I drove an hour to the Virginia border where I can can legally place bets. Border battle. I bet <laughs> I, I made a shit ton of college football futures. One of them was UCF over eight and a half. I think it was actually the only, Oh, you know what? I like the Memphis under also my two favorite plays UCF over eight and a half Memphis under seven and a half. I don't see how this Memphis teams, this team wins what two more games than last year. I think it's crazy to have it there. I what's agree. The, uh, what's the juice on that? We're, I didn't think the juice was that bad either. We're we're agreeing way too much then. Um, uh, the the juice is under. Uh, it's minus one forty on the under. Okay, you gotta pay a little juice. Big deal. Uh, but those are my two favorite plays. And uh, unfortunately, it looks like we had the same conference championship game too, right? Yeah. Well, for my my teams that will surprise. Uh, oh, let's let's talk about that first. My team to my, my most overrated team in the conference, I think, is the Houston Cougars. You can make a case that it's the Memphis Tigers. I think it's I think Memphis it's one of the two. Bet. One of the two. Yeah. Um, uh, Patty C said Memphis as well. NC Nick says Memphis. Uh, team that will surprise. I have UCF, but I don't know if that's truly going to be a surprise team. So if I didn't do that, I put ECU because I think ECU is going to beat UCF in Houston in Greenville. You heard I it here put first. The team we, uh, I say I, I think that's a. You might be right there. 
but uh, my team that, that we just got done talking with them, Navy team that will surprise is Navy. I can see Navy getting to a bowl game and with such a low team total at four and a half, they're my surprise team. Uh, all right. Conference championship. Uh, by the way, Patty C had UCF as a surprise team conference championship game. I went chalk. I went chalk in a way. Actually, I'm telling you, this is a chalky conference. This no, year. Actually, actually chalk would be Cincinnati, Houston. I, I have, I have UCF Cincinnati and I have UCF. I, See, here's the hard part though. UCF better win at the moon bounce because if they were to lose that game, this game would be played in Cincinnati and it would be cold. Yeah. Cause remember they don't play at a neutral site. They play at, on campus. Uh, they need UCF must win that game in, in Orlando against Cincinnati, huge. because that if they be don't, I change my opinion and I would take Cincinnati. I'm taking UCF to beat Cincinnati. I think they'll have to go into the moon bounce twice. Give me UCF to win the AAC. What are you doing here? I don't think they sweep Cincinnati. I agree. They beat Cincinnati in the regular season, but let's have a difference. Let's have, so we have the same game UCF versus the Bearcats. Give me Cincinnati to win again for the second straight year. And Patty C has UCF in Houston going at it. So he doesn't even have Cincinnati playing for the AAC championship. Joe and Joe. Yes. All three of us are definitely on the over with UCF. So yeah. Take that for what it's worth. Oh, I think rice plum <laughs> is it a group think over here or are we just all geniuses or, I just think or, or, or maybe somewhere in between <laughs> rice Plumley in that offense is, is I'm telling you, I think it's going to re- be really hard for all the AAC and, and look, I mean, they were a good defensive team a year ago too. Uh, they were the, the third, be- the third best defense in the American. Yeah. I mean, they lose some players. Uh, big cat. Brian is gone as is the leading tackler Tatum Bethune, but their secondary was one of the best. They only allowed 12 passing touchdowns last year and everybody comes back. So uh, this defense is better than, than UCF defenses in the past. And you got to remember that Dylan Gabriel got injured in the second game of the season and they had to start a freshman. Now they didn't have Rice Plumley there. He was in Oxford last year. So, uh, yeah, I'm high on on UCF here. 